The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This with Leanne podcast and are for purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from Insider Closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. With all the diets, all the ways of eating, the endless aisles of food to follow up and down and up and down, the suggestions for things like time restriction and fasting, how on earth do you know what will work for you? Well, typically, you just go try it. You go through the usual feelings that you've probably put yourself through at the beginning of the year as we're now in about February of 2023. Those feelings of deprivation, those mental and physical withdrawal symptoms and of any kind that happen when you're really trying to do something different. And even though you've got these, let's call them messages, these symptoms, these things that your body is showing you, we push through despite the doubt or the wonder of, you know, what if I don't do this? Or I saw somebody else try this. My friend just lost a whole lot of weight and wow, they were looking about five years younger. And what if I could have that too? There are different things that drive us to the choices and the decisions that we make every single day. And after a couple of things that happened this past week, it really got me thinking. (laughs) No surprise there. Thinking, but then also that led to wondering. And I know Chris calls me an overthinker and he's not wrong there. But I try and move myself now more into wondering. And that's really what ended up inspiring this episode and inviting my guest to share her expertise with us. Now, my first aha was how I felt after scrolling through some social media one day. And actually, rather than feeling inspired, I completely shut down. And I'm sure this happens to many of us, but we just don't necessarily take that cue. It was a particular post uh, that was showing a trusted voice within the health realm, someone who I follow and really, uh, really respect. But in this particular post, there was some IV therapy going on, a needle in a vein. And the purpose of this was to clean the blood to be able to live a much longer and much healthier life. Not a bad idea. And I know lots of people that do this and it can be an incredible boost to how you happen to be feeling. But I was triggered as I looked at this. And the trigger for me was, oh God, here's another thing to do. Now, there is so much information thrown at us. It used to just be on billboards, but now it is in the palm of your hand and on every screen that surrounds us. And yes, while I follow many experts, this overwhelm that I experienced left me asking, at what point, what is it that we're doing? All of the efforts that we're making 
at what point is it enough? And are we done? Now, I'm not sure that we're ever done. And I know that for sure, because I've had that conversation with our guests today. And while there must be a point at which we can stop and smell the roses for a little bit, when we can listen in on ourselves and see actually where we're at, that's more where we're headed today. Now, I realize that there are days when overwhelm, like what happened to me, happens to others when you, and then, but then there's also a huge amount of inspiration where maybe you've seen one of my posts or a curated meal post because you don't know what on earth to make for you or your family for dinner. And that can be just what you need for inspiration. Now, at that moment, I found it interesting to observe that I felt completely burnt out by yet another recommendation. And that got me wondering about how we talk about what we have going on here and how sometimes that lands for you. Understanding that it can be triggering on one side and on the flip side, totally inspiring. Well, what causes those triggers or what leads to that inspiration? Now, can all of this information leave you feeling like you're not measuring up and that there's this image of perfection that's out there that really is not real because what works for one person can truly not be right or be so wrong for someone else. Now, yes, there's those genetic tests tests that I've talked about and we've discussed in episode uh, 101 and 111. And we talked a lot about knowing your body better. So that's what I did. I went off, I went to the dnacompany.com forward slash eat this, investigated my own uh, genetics and, and all of that. And lately you've talk, heard me talk about having a glucose monitor in my arm. And I'm using that to see how my body responds to different foods that I eat. Now, further to this more outward information, what if also there's an aspect to listening to ourselves, listening in on our body, listening to your heart as opposed to your head, taking on information from this podcast, from other podcasts that you hear, shows, programs, and then filtering it through your own lens, your own heart. Where could that take you and where could you end up after that? So today on Eat This with Leanne, let's listen to you for a change with all that's out there and can be overwhelming. Everything that's available literally at your fingertips, how can you cut through it all and hear what you truly need? Now there's noise everywhere, in particular that of social media and its influence that have us lost, like really lost in the algorithms that are out there that are pushing the things that we see and therefore the decisions that are almost made for you because of what's turning up in your feed. I'm sure that you've experienced all of that. We all talk about, yeah, I mentioned shoes the other day and then you have five or six different ads come up in your Instagram feed or your social media feed, or maybe it's just that you start to notice things that are out there. Now, maybe you've given over to a recommendation despite not feeling quite right about it. Have you ever felt that? Like, you know, did you do a gut check on something and you kind of already knew that it wasn't going to work for you, but you tried it anyway? You know, I admire you for stepping outside of your comfort zone, but I think that there's a missing piece here. Now, what 
I want to know is how on earth do we listen to ourselves? Because I'm trying to do that all the time, especially when I end up with something like a migraine. What? Where did this come from? And, and what is it trying to tell me? I do believe that there are situations that happen and and they offer a purpose to us. I do think that we can listen in and hear so that, you know, following along on a meal plan or making a change that can actually come from a place of inspiration to you rather than also coming at it from desperation, which I also experienced this past week and was part of the inspiration for this episode. Now, I realize that changes have to happen, whether it's shedding a few pounds, you realize that what you're doing, um, as you can't see your toes or, or you realize, oh, my blood pressure is getting high, getting higher. And as the, you know, this, the secret killer that it's, that it's talked about, change has to happen. Or maybe you want more energy. You want to clear your brain so that you can be more productive in a day. But what if there's a way to tap into your own inner wisdom? Wouldn't that be preferable than sort of farming out all of what could happen to you, to someone else, someone else following along what it is that they think or what's turned up in your social media feed that's actually drives the, the, the best possible transformation for yourself. Now, what we see externally is individuals living out what we think is their best life. And what happens is that is projected onto us. And while it it looks like they have the best thing going on and you want a piece of that, please remember that it's a curated situation, even a curated end goal that you get to see, but it takes a whole bunch of steps to get there and thinking, oh yeah, I want a six pack when you've actually got a beer belly going on or a menopausal belly, which I've talked about before for myself. There are many steps that we need to take to get there. So what if those steps that we need to take, what if they, what if we have all of those steps already in us? We just need to turn up the volume on ourselves and our bodies in order to hear those. I've heard this concept mentioned many times in talking with my guest today. And so what I just what I chose and what I was inspired to do was to truthfully just say, hey, can you come on and talk to our my lovely loyal listeners about this? Jasmine Chomsky, my guest today, now she's a sought-after registered psychotherapist. In addition to her own journey of going through her own challenges in her life. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree and a master's degree in psychology. She's explored so many different modalities in the worlds of therapies, carefully crafting her own style. Now, she studied cognitive behavioral therapy, imago therapy, equine therapy, mindfulness, meditation, and even the connection with spiritual and metaphysical approaches. Now, the result has become a truly holistic way of healing. And I'm so grateful to call Jasmine a true friend, a soul sister of mine. And she was the first person that I thought of to have this conversation with. All right. Welcome, Jasmine. Thank you so much for coming on Eat This with Leanne to talk with uh, all of our lovely loyal listeners. And I'm just going to cut right through it and ask you, how do you 
suggest that your clients and us cut through the noise of all that comes at us every single day and make a choice that is more coming from the heart than your Instagram feed. Thanks so much for having me, Leanne. It's my absolute pleasure to be here with you. We've become disconnected from our bodies. We are a bunch of heads floating around out there overthinking. And we really don't check in with our bodies as much as we did when we were younger. When you think of watching little kids or even remembering how you were when you were a child, we did things very much in the moment. If you had to go to the bathroom, you went to the bathroom in that moment. You didn't wait. <laughs> At least I hope so. You were <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Jumping around, crossing your right? legs. Like, right? ah! You were hungry, you ate. When you were tired, you lied down. Think about how many children just fall asleep wherever they are. And as we get older, we learn to become aware of the world around us and the expectations. And we become more and more in our head and more disconnected from our bodies. The most important thing to do is to slow down and check in with how is my body feeling today? What does it need? And this is a practice because we become so disconnected. It's probably not something that you will be perfect at or get right, or maybe even not even necessarily know how to do that right away. Mm. It's about first just slowing down, breathing, connecting with the body. And start to become aware of the signs and the signals that the body is giving to you. So when you say signs and signals, that speaks to me more. Because as soon as I hear you've got to slow down, I'm like, oh, God, how do I do that? Like, I have to drop stuff. You know, do I not notice everything that's going on, say, with my daughter? Or do I not remember to pick up the blueberries? Or, you know, there's a million things that go through our minds every single day. And I know that I'm an overthinker. As soon as you said we're overthinkers, my hand went straight up. So I'm not projecting. (laughs) Listen to to Mr. Cackle in the background. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you not trying to be funny? (laughs) Yes, you are a classic overthinker, my dear. I know. So I'm not projecting that onto everyone, saying that people are just like me necessarily, but I do know that there are different variations and I'm probably on the, yes, it was Mr. Cackle said (laughs) (laughs) much more on the, on the overthinker side. Well, Jasmine makes it sound so lovely the way that you describe (laughs) it, the tempo, the tone, everything just slow down. If everyone could just slow down, but for someone like Leanne, that is almost an impossibility. That's from my perspective. And I'm sure in her own mind, she's thinking about how she's going to slow down. So there's another thought. That's exactly Pouring right. into her head. <laughs> oh, my God. The pair of you know me so well. This is, <laughs> this is more of an intervention, not a podcast. It's an intervention. <laughs> okay. So for those insane overthinkers like myself, because there might be one or two out there. Yes. How, how about some ideas on that, you know, on that slowing down piece on... What is it that we need to give to ourselves? First thing I want you to know is you're not alone. So I would say I have a certain kind of client that tends to find me, which is overthinker, overdoer, perfectionist, much like yourself, busy mom, trying to do everything. So you're in great company. There's a lot of us out there because I will also share that I am a reformed overthinker. Ah, (laughs) So there's hope yet. There is hope. (laughs) See, Chris, I'm not alone. (laughs) Yes. And I also teach everything that I've already learned. 
I loved that, uh, that piece of your bio that I shared is yeah. that, you know, you've come to this. And I think a lot of us do too. We come to our calling by, by living out and sharing with others, which is what yes. I, you know, which is yes. what I do here too. So before I even say slow down, let's start with pausing. Mm. All of us can pause. And in the pause and in the stillness, that's when we start to hear what our body has to say. So how do we even begin with that is by just breathing. And even if you both can even just do that with me right now, it's just like, what if I just were breathing in my body? And even one of the first things that I help clients to do is notice, how are you breathing? Right. When I say breathing, are we up here in our chest or is their breath actually going all the way down through our diaphragm? Right. Yeah. And even just through the breath, we're able to know, ooh, maybe I'm a little bit more tight and anxious than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. When I exhale, ooh, can I just relax a little bit more deeper into my body? Yeah. Right. And then you just kind of pay attention. And it can be very simple through that, then paying attention to how do I know I have to go to the bathroom? How do I know that I'm hungry? How do I know that I'm thirsty? How do I know I need to stretch? How do I know I need to move my body? So we're looking for for clues that our body is giving to us. But you have to practice the pause first by stopping throughout your day. And I even suggest to my clients to set an alarm on your phone that says pause and check in with the body and take 30 seconds to do that. And that can be a very powerful and helpful tool throughout your day because, you know, I'm certainly guilty of that too. I have a very busy practice. So going throughout my day, just kind of going through the motions, going from one person to the next, I'm like, right, I haven't had a drink of water in a couple of hours. What is my body telling me that it needs to do? And it will need to be kind of structured in the beginning when we do this, because anytime we try to learn a new habit, it's something we need to create and schedule in our day. It's not something that's going to happen automatically. So these signs that we're trying to observe, would you say? Sure. Mm -hmm. How, How do you differentiate between the thought and this sign that you're talking about? That's a great question. That's a really great question, um, especially around hunger, right? Mm-hmm. Am, you know, am I hungry or do I need a snack or do I need, you know, a treat or something yeah. like that? I think that that's, that's a big one for a lot of people. Um, and so the sensation in the body is what we're looking for. Okay. What do we know? Like, how does hunger feel? Right? Good question. Yeah. I'm not sure that many people know that. It's like, it's like a longing for someone, right? It's like that <laughs> yeah. long lost love that you've, you've always wanted, but it's all, Are you talking ne- about it's ice cream, been, Chris? Uh, maybe. <laughs> That's how I feel about chocolate chip cookies. See, see, <laughs> yeah, Jasmine has, has a long lost love. And the good news is Jasmine, Valentine's Day is coming up and you and your loved one can get together and profess oh, your love for each cookies. other. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, know. the chocolate chip cookie is the love I got. Um, yeah, Sorry. unfortunately, <laughs> that bit. feeling that Jasmine is talking about—that—that that how do you know that you're hungry, that you want a treat—I feel that a lot. So, I mean, I know yeah. I'm very honed in on it. Now, yes. I could be confusing that or with with other things, uh, and I'm just filling the void with few, with food. But that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, well, that is this podcast, Chris. Oh, is it? Oh, it is exactly <laughs> this podcast. Oh, we're filling my Thank void you for oh, taking us there. We don't. <laughs> We do not have the time to fill the void. (laughs) (laughs) 
but seriously. So for instance, last night I was sitting on the couch and I really wanted something sweet. I really did. I had a craving for something sweet. And then I realized, even though it was 8.30, I was so tired. Yes. I, I, I could have gone to bed at 8.30. Yes. yes. And I recognized that and also recognized that I had a bit more prep to do for this conversation and push through. I did pause to think like, why do I want something sweet? I'm wearing a glucose monitor. I have the ability to scan myself and see is, you know, is, is my blood sugar tanked? Has it tanked? And so that from the data side of things helped me to maybe take another step forward in not using uh, what I think is a similar, um, a similar feeling like, oh, I feel like my blood sugar is so low. My blood sugar was perfect. And yeah. not use that necessarily as an excuse to to then go and you know find some chocolate somewhere yes to 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 have but recognized in that moment oh I am so tired I need to go to bed so we're very good at distracting ourselves our society has become don't listen to the body when we're sad or upset or we do a lot of scrolling through social media these days When we're tired, how many people stay up and binge through Netflix or other series um, instead of going to sleep? Um, So we learn to just dismiss how we're feeling and not really pay attention. I mean, you did a really great job of that, of kind of understanding that. And even though you had a little bit of the tech support, you were really checking in with the body, right? Mm -hmm. So is this what's going on? No, that's not. So being able to sit with it. And we can ask ourselves, you know, what, what is it that I'm trying to feel here also? So if I have the cookie, because I'm in the pause, right? And am I, am yeah. I really hungry? And to be honest, I know when I'm eating a cookie yeah. to fill, I'm bored, I'm needing comfort, um, just needing ple- like pleasure in the yep. cookie. Right? Yep. 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 <laughs> so I know that versus when I'm really hungry becoming attuned more to those body sensations, pausing and asking yourself, how will I feel after I eat this Mm. Um, or do this thing? Like let's, it's food, but then it's also like scrolling. Or if I don't go to bed, like if you're tired at 8.30, go to bed, right? We can do that. So really pausing and moving more into what else is going on with me at this time? And that seems like a lot to do. And it is in the beginning for people. Again, you've got to train yourself to to have more focus in this way. But once you've set these things in in motion and you have a little bit of a structure with it, it happens quite automatically where it's like, right, I'm needing more cookies. Right. What's (laughs) that about? I've eaten half the box so far and I still feel like I want to keep going. Does that happen to you with your pint of ice cream, Chris? The question is, have I had a moment where I've been sitting there and and craving something sweet and then didn't follow through? No, Mm -hmm. that's never happened. Okay. So so there's not a pause for you where you wonder, you just act and go for it. Yeah, no, that's that's a part of my personality where if I want it, I go get it. That's sort of the, that's me and a lot of things, not just eating. Is it what you see as a personality, Jasmine? I don't think it's a personality. I think it's more of learned behavior and learned way of meeting your own needs. So yeah. where would that come from though? From that, I, cause I, I come from a very simple, uh, upbringing in the sense that I had everything I needed, but rarely got what I wanted. 
And so maybe now I'm in a process of now that I can go get what I want as opposed to just what I need, I go ahead and do that. Everything that we do really does stem from childhood. I believe and follow the theory that our personalities are developed by the time we're about eight or nine years old. So we learn things in childhood that we then carry with us throughout our life. And depending on how you were raised and what you were told in terms of honoring what you need, honoring what you want. And, you know, parents, they don't mean to, but a lot of parents shut down children for when they express how they feel or what they need. And they try to, it comes from a very good place. Like when someone falls down and they're like, you're okay. <laughs> right. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. P- people do that a lot or don't cry. Right. Or um, if a child has actually a certain feeling towards an adult and doesn't want to, you know, hug grandma goodbye or that sort of thing, they're often told to ignore that. and just do what the adult wants them to do. Mm-hmm. So as we go get older, we have to reconnect with that part of us that was suppressed in childhood and then able to understand just like you shared Chris of where does that come from? This is where we can go then back to the thoughts, where are the beliefs that I have that are kind of overriding what my body and what my my needs are telling me that I need in the moment. When you said about how an adult or some other person, especially when you're a child, tells you to do something even though it doesn't feel right to you, you know, you you do see children they're hiding behind mom or dad's legs and they don't really want to shake a hand or I mean something like that is more of a um kind of ritualistic, you know, a polite thing to do or, you know, and from that situation, I immediately thought to my experience the other day through scrolling through social media and every single post that I'm flying through telling me to do something else, telling me that here's another way. And and I'm also aware that, you know, our lovely loyal listeners who are hearing me are here and hearing me say, here, try something else. Yeah, It's giving up your own power and listening to yourself that really, again, is just what struck me. And even another situation where someone asked me, I was taking my dog out for a walk and there's a guy that I've seen a few times in the building and, um, and he said, oh, you know, do you have any meal plans for weight loss? And I just, I sort of had to stop for a second and, and, and go back and say, well, yeah, but I really don't ever recommend that people follow, follow a meal plan. And here's why. Right. Number one, it is a lot of work to then take a whole bunch of recipes and follow else, follow what somebody else thinks. And I understand, you know, I'm an expert, I'm a nutritionist, I've got the tools to know maybe what is a better option than somebody that has not done all the research that I have, for instance, you know, blueberries really are good for you as opposed to someone thinking, Oh no, they have to be chocolate covered blueberries, you know, something like that. But I just, in that moment and in that question, I think what came up for me was, well, what do you think? And, you know, you make a really good point. What I'm inviting people to do um, and help my clients to do, I'm on the journey with them Mm -hmm. is to learn to listen to themselves again. Yeah. Each of us carry within us this wounded child that was told what to do and how to feel and what to say. And so we're helping to break out of that and for you to learn to listen to that inner voice 
and to give that child, that inner child, what he or she needs again. Um, I'm a big believer that the body will tell you everything you need to know about a person, a situation, or a decision. Just tuning back in and listening to the body is so, so important. And with everything that we're doing, listening to the body is also the first step. It's then identifying the need and then going and meeting that on a regular basis. So even when we talk about the food or the, the cookies or the ice cream, what is the underlying need that is not being met on a bigger scale? In terms of that inner child, is it that I actually need comfort, right? That I had a tough day and yet I wasn't able to voice it. And so I'm reaching out for comfort in this way instead of finding and connecting with somebody. So we need to go. We start with the body to try to identify the need. And then it's about shifting it within your life so that we're healing those unhealed parts from childhood and helping you to stay connected to what you need and honoring that every day. So to simplify that situation, and I know we're talking about going for cookies or ice cream or whatever it is, it's in every aspect of our life, you know, in the choices that we make. So step number one, as you were saying, is to just pause. Yes. So you're about to make a choice. And I bet everyone's thinking, I make choices every day, like a hundred thousand times a day. <laughs> we do. I do like the alarm um, yeah. idea of, you know, just take one particular choice of the day. Yeah, just pause, pause and pause and listen. And what if you just can't hear anything? Some people say that, you know, one of the exercises I do in session with people are, okay, let's check in. What does the body have to say about this? And they'll be like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's okay. One of the best things I ever heard was that when you say, I don't know, to a question that's been asked, it's just because it's a question you haven't considered before. Right. And that's okay. Right. So then start with basic things of sensations and qualities of feeling within the body, meaning, do I feel tight? Does it feel open? Does it feel warm? Does it feel uh, relaxed? So that you're starting to just know and recognize and connect and start the conversation going with the body. So you can do that with the basics. How do I know I have to go to the bathroom? Physical sensation wise. And again, thirsty. You know, even just like are different parts of my body functioning differently. So, you know, I started to become aware the bottom of my foot was starting to hurt the other day, which I hadn't been aware of that the other day. That's a way of just continuing to, again, start the conversation with your body. <laughs> start courting. Yeah. <laughs> Opening up the relationship. <laughs> oh, I've, had a, I've had a very open relationship with my body since I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find, Jasmine, with that it's a little different with everybody when it comes to things like, well, here's an important one, anxiety. Most folks uh, are do not do not have the ability or the joy, if you want to put it, of, of knowing when it's coming and how fast it's coming. They do not recognize the signs of a lot when the world sort of starts to collapse in on them because it's too busy, because they've got too many decisions in front of them, that sort of thing. Is do you find that that it's different with everyone? For sure, each person's experience is is individual. I treat a lot of people with anxiety, and there are a lot of common things that happen. I believe that the signs are always there. It's just whether you're paying attention to them or not. Okay. 
So one of my main suggestions, just like I'm saying, stop in, in your day and check in, is to ask yourself on a scale of one to 10 every day, on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is high anxiety, how am I doing today? We're interrupting this idea of go, 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 go. And then I'll check in with my body on vacation or on the weekend or whatever you may be telling yourselves. And instead, you're continuing to have an awareness. And like I said, it's really a true relationship so that I'm out of my head and out of the routine of just going Mm -hmm. and connecting instead with the body. So burnout, stress, overwhelm, panic attacks, they don't happen overnight. Right. There are signs very for a long time that continue to build. On a bigger scale, we also have to be able to better notice what is going on with our nervous system and whether we it's regulated or dysregulated. Right. Um, and by that, what I mean is every time that we are triggered by something that activates our nervous system to, to uh, fight or flight, we're supposed to come down after the activating event and then come back into neutral. If you grew up in a family with chronic stress, if there was any trauma, um, if you had very, you know, the, the whole family was quite busy, you don't learn how to regulate your own body and your own emotions and your own nervous system. A dysregulated nervous system, you're more prone to anxiety. So this is, you know, on a bigger scale, really looking at what else is going on here that is contributing to the way that I feel on a daily basis. If I could somehow bottle my the relationship I have with my body while on vacation and bring that back to the real world, right, it would be a humongous breakthrough. Because yes. everything is better on vacation. The food tastes yes. better. The drink tastes better. Mm-hmm. I mean, when something bad happens, you kind of just, eh, whatever. <laughs> you can get off the plane and everything changes. And then you get back on the plane. And again, the switch goes the opposite direction. Well, there's a reason for that. And the main reason is that you're in a different environment, different routine. We actually have a hard time switching our feelings and our emotions if you do the same thing every single day. We have, for each activity that we do, we have neural pathways within our brain. It's our brain's way of cutting down on having to relearn everything every single day. So we have neural pathways that are like, okay, so when I get up in the morning and I'm actually really bad with this, I go and I use the same mug and make my cup of tea (laughs) and I have the exact same routine every single morning. I'm not joking. I will be upset if I can't use my, my mug. (laughs) (laughs) That may determine whether I have a good day or a bad day. So there's so much that that happens that is all automatic. And a good example of this is if you're ever, you know, if you if you drive to school or to work on a regular basis and then it's the weekend and you find yourself driving in that direction and then you're like, oh, my, I'm not supposed to go there. But I don't even remember, you know, the last 10 or 15 kilometers of how I even got here because your your brain takes over and you're on auto on your on autopilot. When we go on vacation, all of a sudden it's different. So now new parts of my brain light up. I get to engage in different behaviors, different ways of being. But if you think about it, if you go somewhere within two or three days, you're probably sitting at the same spot by the pool. 
you're probably sitting in the same you know, table at the buffet in the morning. So we start doing things right. very yep. habitual. So the way that you can bottle the vacation feeling is by encouraging yourself to do different things to your pattern every single day. And it doesn't have to be big things. It can be, you can use your opposite hand to brush your teeth. You can go to a different grocery store. You can do a different walk. That wakes up the brain to do things differently. So like on vacation, if I have like a nice um, pina colada at let's 7 a.m., I should start <laughs> I should start doing that on my regular days and that should help. Is that what we're saying? Well, it would make it more interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it would. <laughs> but it all makes sense. I, I try, I try, I'm making light of it, but it all makes absolute sense. Well, you're not alone in that. I am... Um, couple of years ago, I went to Costa Rica for the first time. And I was just like, oh, gosh, I actually sat and wrote about it. I was like, what is it about being on vacation that is so different from my everyday? And how can I take that home with me? Mm. So I invite you to do the same. What are some things specifically that you do differently? Who's the you on vacation that shows up now? You can bring elements of him. Again, not the pina colada at 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> there are elements that you can, and most likely too, you respond to being in the moment when we're on vacation, right? It's 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 warm, so I'm going to go lay out if it rains or like, you know, even like, well, what are we going to eat for today? I don't know. We'll see how we feel, you know, that sort of thing. Well, there's, a, you know, in the, in terms of the, what are we going to eat? There's there's more availability. There's the expectation yeah. that you're going to eat out as opposed to got to make a meal for the family. You know, there's a lot of other things, but I love what you said in what piece of you from being on vacation do you want to bring back? Because yeah. the being on vacation allows you to have that space to move into, I don't know, who knows, right? Like that's part of going on vacation. You don't know what's going to unfold necessarily, yes. but maybe before you come home, then it is you know, what is it that you want to bring home? I remember when I was in Dubai, uh, maybe sometime around this time last year and the breakfast that we had, and I don't normally have breakfast because I do intermittent fasting, but the breakfast that we had, it went down every single day and the food that we ate, pomegranates and mint leaves and all this stuff was so incredible. Well, I carried that on for the next two months after I came back. <laughs> You know? yeah. and it's like it was so enjoyable and so different and you know also obviously I'm a foodie too so that was you know one of my focuses but those yeah there's just more space to be able to first of all be different create those new neural pathways is what I heard you say which I think is so cool and then decide what it is that you're going to change and bring back because it really is I think it's a pattern interrupt of being on this treadmill of needing more, needing more, needing more, needing more. Well, when you go on vacation, you have what's in your suitcase. Yes. <laughs> and Good and point. that's it. So what we've been talking about and with the vacation piece also, it's the increase in consciousness. So we do a lot from an unconscious automatic place. So really bringing, and that's where the pause comes in, right? It's really about bringing things to more consciousness and you have to create the space to do that. Right? We need more because we're not aware of the unmet needs that are going on. Why am I scrolling aimlessly for hours? It can mm -hmm. be mm -hmm. instead of talking to the person next to me or instead of going to sleep. 
So to be able to stop and pause, and this is actually um, a practice that I do most mornings is I start my day journaling and I start my day journaling, like, and I check in and I'm like, how, how am I feeling? What's kind of currently going on with me? And where, where am I at in terms of um, stress levels? What's, what's kind of going on with me at that time? That's increasing the level of consciousness. And when we're conscious, now we can start directing our energy in ways that are helpful for us. So deciding what you're going to have for breakfast. Yeah. So let's say that normally, and I'm just bringing this back to food, obviously, because the podcast is about <laughs> this, um, you know, and in, in that moment, like you're saying, you go into the kitchen, you get your favorite mug, you have your favorite cup of tea. Oh, you know, people go in, they grab their bowl, they pour their cereal, they pour on the milk, they sit down, they do their thing, they get up, they go get in the car, they drive, you know, all of that is unconscious is what I'm hearing you say. That's right. And to bring in something of awareness or consciousness would be to think, okay, well, maybe I'll try and have an egg this morning. But also that is a way of like, you have to pause before you go and do that. You have to pause and checking in with yourself of how do foods feel when I eat them also too, yeah. right? Like cookies feel really good in the moment, <laughs> but then like later on, I'm like, my stomach hurts or yeah. it's too heavy or it's impacted my digestion or whatever. Right. You know, um, I feel this way with alcohol in particular. You and I have had many discussions about this, about how our body responds to alcohol. And as you I'm get happy. older... No, you cannot tolerate it now. And so I'm very attuned, um, obviously. But when I, I, was, I said to you this the other day, I can hold a glass of wine and my, my body starts reacting to it. I, my, I, can, I can anticipate the headache that's going to come. So now I make Put it different down. decisions. Right. Whoa, whoa, you're getting a hangover from holding the booze? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's, I'm pretty sensitive. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but how interesting would it be to be in that place of consciousness of knowing yourself that so well that you can, you know, think of a food, you can in, in sort of almost like intend on planning a meal that that is more nourishing, not so easy to do when you have to cook for other people. If you're yes, just more sure. focused on yourself and you're not feeding your family or partner or, you know, whatever that is, but still, I mean, there is a piece to being selfish and making it work for you. Yeah. And then also honoring whoever's at the table. If they say, Oh yeah, really not feeling that today. Or it's not to my taste today. Okay, fine. You know, and I'm terrible at that for many reasons, you know, the mom with the kids, like, come on, finish up, finish up what's on your plate. But that's also, I know a pattern that I was taught to be my, by my parents my father lived through the war and had uh, five siblings. He's one of six and nothing was ever left on that plate or on the table. Cause if you didn't act fast, somebody else is going to take it off your plate. He shared that story with us and I was like, wow. Okay. With the longest arms and the fastest fork. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so, so I, I grew up with, if there was food on my plate, I had to finish it. Well, and yes. you didn't question it either. Right. You didn't no. question what your parents had for dinner. You know, that's no. that's changed in one generation where now yeah, yeah. now all of a sudden, instead of one meal, we're making three to try and, you know, make our kids happy or make sure that they're eating and, and so on and so forth. Um, you didn't do that when we were kids. We, you know, whatever was yeah. laid on that table, that was dinner. You didn't eat it. Fine. Yep. And you didn't eat. Or you had to sit there. I heard this is what 
put me off, <laughs> off of, of eating meat for a long time as my mom would British cook, you know, everything, boiled. Yeah, yeah, we get everything cooked until it was like shoe leather. So I would sit there with a cheek full of pork try, oh. and, and a glass of milk to try and wash the pork down my throat because I was still chewing it and I just couldn't swallow it. So it's like, here, have more milk just to wash it down. Listen, oh. if you, if you ever write an autobiography, call it a cheek full of pork. That would be awesome. Okay. I'd pick that book okay, up. I will. <laughs> That would be fantastic name for a book. So that piece right there, Jasmine, yeah, is unfolding somehow from what you've said about these behaviors that we've almost that have been put on us as children. Yeah. There's something I'm sure in my life that's still playing out other than the fact that I've passed that on to my children and yeah. and and got much better with it. I have to say where they now say, you know, I'm really it's not to my taste. Also because you know, I think that I make pretty tasty food and they go, Bleh! and I just found that quite rude. <laughs> so I'd say, can we change it up and just have like, that's really not to my taste today or whatever it is. I'd be like, okay, cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for letting me know. And then that's it. The plate is left, whatever. Yeah. There's got to be some pattern there somewhere from that. Well, one. pretty powerful. And with compassion and kindness to your father and to all of our parents that raised us in the best way that they can. But what a powerful message that it doesn't matter what you think or feel about yeah. what you're being served. You must eat it. Yeah. So no say, right? No voice. No. Ignoring pretty much your gag reflex, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just keep going. Yeah. So you, we can understand why our senses then become quite dull about how do I feel? What do I want? What's going on in, in our bodies? And so this is about, again, reconnecting with ourselves in that way that is mm -hmm. honoring of what we need and what we want and then there's the flip side of feeling worthy of what you want yeah and almost in my case and I'm sure I'm not alone with this is realizing that all the shoulds that are out there that are pop up on social media or part of our conditioning, part of our upbringing or whatever it is that, you know what, and kind of to, you know, to what Chris is saying, if you want to have a damn pina colada, I'm an adult, if I want to have a pina colada <laughs> at 7am or have cake for dinner, I can do that. Yeah. But I find that, you know, all my shoulds come up, shouldn't do that, shouldn't do that, shouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's a tough one to work, to work its way through as well to be at peace with well when you're able to slow down connect with the body and identify your needs that helps right. then we go back to the mind and trying to understand the core beliefs and thought patterns that created this situation in the first place right. so it's reconnecting with the body but we don't stop there we go back to again a holistic perspective of what is going on in the, in relation to my my mind as well and how did i get here which is a bit of a bigger conversation about how to change that on your own. Right. But just like what we started with, with the body, it's creating awareness and consciousness instead of just staying in this automatic place of continuing to just go through life, just the way you're going through life. Yeah. When we slow it down, we're able to hear our bodies. We're able to understand the thoughts better. How did I get there? Even just mm -hmm. saying to ourselves and then making the conscious choice to want something more for yourself. 
And just, you know, a small way to do that is to imagine that you are reparenting that younger version of you. Mm -hmm. So how would I have parented that younger version of me who's trying to choke down this food? What are kind things that I would say? What are nurturing things that I would say? What would I do differently? And if you can come at it from that place, that helps to heal the Mm self-criticism and stops that aspect of it as well. There's a lot going on in my body right now as you said that. (laughs) One last thing that I want to ask you about is that understanding that people want to make changes and it's uncomfortable to do things differently. Uh, It could be potentially uncomfortable for you should your mug ever break to not be having your mug. (laughs) Super uncomfortable. (laughs) That's not it, but I'm just bringing it up again, imagining you and your kid in your kitchen. Um, But there are, people have a greater goal for themselves or for their health or uh, exercise or shedding a few pounds, feeling better, like they're, they're more productive. They don't have the brain fog that they normally do. But where they are right now and becoming more conscious and listening to their body, there can also be resistance, mm-hmm. pushback, discomfort, getting yourself outside of your comfort zone, the things that you're doing every single day because of these patterns. I wonder what that fine line is between kicking yourself lovingly in the butt and also pushing yourself too hard or too far or setting too high of an expectation. I think always meeting yourself where you're at is very important and really even just beginning with what's a small, like 10% movement that I could do. So if you want to start a daily exercise program, could I just walk for 15 minutes today? Right. Could I start there? If I want to eat healthier, what's one thing that I could do differently? What we want to try to connect with is what's the feeling that comes from doing something differently and then build on that. We're looking for relief, relief from the current discomfort within the body, wanting to do something differently. We don't want to go to setting expectations and then failing, which is common this time of year because of the New Year's resolution. (laughs) Let's join the gym and go. And then everyone's like, by February, they're like, I hate this. So remember, we're listening to our body. We're going to act in a way that's loving towards it. We're not going to, like I myself, I hate the gym. You cannot pay me money to go there. (laughs) (laughs) So because I know this about myself, I have to look for creative ways to be active. I mean, I have horses and a farm, so that keeps me pretty busy, but I, you know, I try line dancing. So I've been line dancing once a week. Um, I've just started kickboxing. So I know that that's what I need in order to, for support. Be easy on yourself. No, if you know you hate something, don't go do it. Don't start there anyways, right? If you want to work up towards it, great. But don't begin that because it's going to, you're going to offer too much resistance to that and you're not going to get started. So we want to start out slow. If you're unsure, again, ask the body, what's something that I could do to move? And I think trying to, in the beginning, just stay day, day to day. Because it changes. Like you said, you you retired by 8.30 last night. Actually, so was I. So, you know, then that's not going to be the day where you're going to do a lot, right? So could I get out for a walk today? Could I even, you know, could I remove pop from from my my diet? Could I throw in an extra piece of fruit today? Like whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to start out slowly. 
and lovingly guiding yourself along the way. You don't want to set yourself up for failure by expecting way too much for yourself. The other little piece is that if the body has resistance, recognize that. Have a conversation with yourself. I talk to myself all the time. (laughs) This is part of it. You're going to feel a little crazy and that's okay. But like, oh, like, that's interesting. You and I always say that, right? That's interesting. What's that about that? I'm like, God, no, I wouldn't do that. So honor that because remember, inner child, younger version of you did not have choices, had to eat boiled meat. Yes. (laughs) Did not have choices. So we honor how you feel. And then that's the conversation you start having with yourself. What could we do? What's one step that we, (laughs) the royal we. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's something that we could do to uh, move myself forward. It sounds simple. It it actually is. But this is That's my point. No, that's my point is that it's really, it's not complicated. (laughs) No, we we, we complicate things (laughs) a lot right? We really, really do. So, but it is habit. Like you need, you need to, the the longer that you do this, the easier that it becomes. Right. My life was simple until I started meeting brilliant people like you. And now we've added another (laughs) one to the list like Jasmine. And all of a sudden my life isn't simple anymore. I was slowly killing myself quickly. Everything was fine. And then I met Leanne and everything has changed. (laughs) And now Jasmine, you're not helping. You're not helping either (laughs) by now making me go, you know what? I should probably do this differently because it sounds like a much better place to be. I think that's the thing though, right, Chris? Yeah. It does sound like a much better place to be. It does. It so does. It allows you to truthfully exhale. And I did notice in myself, Jasmine, when, when the first time that you said pause, I found myself exhaling. Yes. Like just hearing someone say, oh, okay, yeah, just pause. Yeah. It sounds doable. Yes. And simple at the same time. Yes. And I long for an easier life and know that, but I'm not sure how it's possible because I, I'm very aware of my overthinking brain. Well, what's interesting is the more you practice this, the more the brain quiets down. Ah, that's because I used to be uh, I really over. I there was a lot that happened in in my life at a young age, so I developed a lot of overthinking, worrying, projection into the future, um, and I don't do that anymore. Um, right. I, not never, because of course there are some things that will trigger a, a different response, but it's not something that I that I do. So this is the big benefit of it the overthinkers is the more that you can do this, the more there seems to be a balance between the mind and the body. Right. And you won't experience a lot of those feelings and that overwhelm that you're feeling now. All incredible food for thought. Mm -hmm. Please, please share with our lovely loyal listeners who hopefully now have had the opportunity to exhale (laughs) and can maybe offer themselves some space and new ways of looking at things. Tell us, you know, what have you, what are you working on? How can people find out more support from you or, um, yeah, just tell us, tell us a little bit more about that, please. Yeah. Um, first of all, I do invite people to seek out their own therapy if they do feel like they need support, because it is often hard to do this on your own. Um, if there's more deeper things that you want to work on. So please reach out either to myself or to other people. Uh, I'm in private practice, so I am available to see people individually. 
I do kind of regular talk therapy. Plus I do horse assisted therapy on my farm as well. Um, interacting with horses to learn about yourself, which is actually an amazing way to connect with your body because the horses offer this feedback in the moment. So you're able to really kind of have this example of how you're feeling in your body when a big horse is coming and walking towards you. <laughs> so it's an interesting way. Um, also have a, a, a course that I'm hoping to launch uh, in the next month or so, helping parents who have children with anxiety. So it's a course for both parents and children. It's incorporating um, my experience with the horses and providing video um, information for kids to learn through the horses and my experience with them and really helping parents to kind of understand how they can show up better for their children. Because just like we've been talking about, uh, I, I feel really passionate about helping heal the inner child and then helping the current children so that they don't grow up to be, you know, adults right. who have issues with anxiety and overthinking as well. So, and I'm launching a children's book <laughs> as Yay. well. Seems this so is based on, uh, this is based on my horses and their adventures. It's the adventures of the healing herd and their guidance to the children about how to be different in their own lives and think differently and to be more horse-like. So I'm pretty excited about that. It is well. extremely exciting. And yeah. I will put all of Jasmine's details in the show notes on leannephillipson.com so that you can reach out to Jasmine or she might have a suggestion of someone else um, who could be able to assist you depending on where you might be in the world because yeah. everybody all over the world as well as Canada, which is where we are listening to this, we know that now. So thank you, Jasmine. Thank you for sharing your calm expertise because I feel much more calm than when I first came in my closet this morning which often happens but I feel particularly calm for having been given the space to 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 do those few exhales throughout our conversation I feel calm and I feel like I feel like a few cookies too I don't know why I don't know where that comes from but I feel like I feel like a few so thank you for that Jasmine <laughs> you say that with such calm voice, slow voice, Chris. I'm, li I'm listening know. to my inner I can child. already hear I can already hear the rustling of the packet. <laughs> now I have to go buy more cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you again, Jasmine. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. I'm glad that we were able to share this with people. All right. Well, I don't want to say too much after all of that because Jasmine really said it all. I'm going to put her information over on leannephillipson.com, as I said, so that you can learn a little bit more. You can take a pause and see what it is that that is the, the next right step for you, the next choice that you can make. Also honoring the fact that we have busy lives, we've got families, we've got responsibilities. So yes, taking yourself off to a desert island, which truthfully I wish I could do on many occasions just to have that pause. I am along with you in this piece where finding that space for myself to hear, to be able to listen, to exhale, to, to take the cues to be able to, you know, make a better choice for myself, especially as an overthinker, like we talked about, is, is a really, I think it's such a gift. 
I think it's a gift that only we can offer to ourselves. And as these conversations that we have here on this podcast are often more telling you what to do and sharing stories so that you can hopefully be inspired. I do really hope if you get triggered like I did the other day by that social media post and the IV therapy that was going on, maybe rather than that shame response that can come up like, oh God, I'm not doing enough or I've got something else to do or or, or that kind of space that you get into. Maybe this is the invitation that Jasmine offered to be able to, to, to pause, to take that breath, to take that 30 seconds and ask the question, hmm, where did that trigger come from? So I think I'll leave you there, sending you so much love and so much support and to really truthfully thank you for being here, for showing up, for listening and being open to something new and a different way of coming at things not just about the blueberries, the antioxidant foods, all the supplements and all those kind of things. Because this, I feel, is a really big missing piece that I do my best to weave into each episode, but I felt like it really needed to just have its own space. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for turning up. Thank you for sharing. Please hit that uh, star button, hit that uh, share button, uh, subscribe. And really that does help for other people to understand that this is a worthwhile listen and to uh, put this onto their, uh, onto their phone, onto their computer, and that this is a really great one to, to listen to. And I do hope that it helps our evolution and, uh, and moving forward in a different way. So as always, as high and each podcast, I sort of feel like today needs something a little different, but I'll stick to the same in saying, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.